Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Welcome to another uh, session of the book of Proverbs, and this is a question and answer session um, now that we have finished the first three chapters. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then I'm going to turn it over to our moderator, Forrest Height, who will be asking me some questions. Uh, Let's pray. Father, thank you for your kindness and the privilege of being able to be here. I pray, Lord, that this time of question and answers would magnify, Lord, all that you are and all that you've done for us in Christ. But I pray, Lord, that it will have eternal value in the lives of especially the young people who are listening. Father, we live in such a time of confusion. We need wisdom. Mostly, Lord, I pray that this study would always direct people to the gospel and to Jesus Christ. Lord, help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks again, Brother Paul, for uh, doing another one of these Q&As. I think I am going to start with a a pretty obvious question that I think (laughs) is probably on, on everybody's mind right now. What happened to your eye? Uh, I got in a fight with a crowbar. Uh, I was doing some construction on a fence, and I had to pull some boards down, and the bar slipped, of course, and uh, landed uh, squarely under my my left eye. But but I'm okay. I just look a little beat up. (laughs) Yeah, I I, uh, thought about getting in touch with our makeup department, but then I remembered we don't have one, so... Uh, (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Although we may need one. (laughs) All right, Brother Paul, I'm going to jump right in. Um, At one point in Lesson 57, you were looking at Proverbs 3, 11, and 12, which reads, My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. So you spoke a bit on the discipline of the Lord and right. the different reasons for it. And one viewer asked, what does discipline from the Father look like? I'm concerned that I never have never experienced it. Okay. Well, first of all, we need to again iterate this, that discipline can, can occur in two different ways. One is the obvious, the result of sin in our life, the result of taking a wrong path and maybe stubbornly pursuing it. The other is discipline that really has nothing to do with some specific rebellion in our life, but just God's training in order to uh, conform us more to the image of Christ or prepare us for greater service. Now, what can that discipline look like? Well, with regard to to training, uh, primarily it can come in the form of trials, of of opposition in this Christian life, of being forced to deal with matters uh, in this world, uh, battles, or maybe it can even be Lord, the Lord placing before us a task that seems far beyond us, that pushes us 
to lean more upon him, to trust in him. Now, with regard to sin, of course, discipline can take many, many forms. But primarily, or first of all, the discipline would look like this. The loss of joy. Um, the loss of that, that pleasant communion with the Lord. The, the awareness through reading the scriptures that the Lord is displeased with us. And, and so there is an interruption in communion, a loss of joy. But also it can be, let me just give you a specific example. Say that um, a young man begins to um, uh, open up himself to the influence of worldly friends, or maybe a young lady uh, starts uh, in a relationship with a young man who is not a believer, uh, is extremely mature, unworld, uh, is very worldly, and and after a time, begin to see this is going bad, uh, losing joy, entering into other circumstances that are that are painful until we realize that we're doing something. I want to use an old phrase here, kicking against the goad. So a goad was a stick that a farmer would have with a piece of metal on the end of it, sometimes a hook. And when he was driving a team of oxen, um, he would use that oxen to nick them on the back of the leg in order to push them forward. And no matter how much the oxen would kick against the goad, there was nothing they could do about because they were in a yoke. And sometimes in our rebellion, we will keep pursuing a path that is wrong and just adversity after adversity after adversity. And no matter how much we try to get some benefit out of that wrong way, the Lord doesn't allow it until finally we recognize I need to repent and I need to submit my life to the will of, of our Savior. So it can take many, many forms, but always remember it's redemptive. It's for the good of God's people. Hmm. Uh, we received a couple of questions about evangelism as well. One, one related to Proverbs, one more general. Uh, but I was hoping maybe you could take them together. Um, Elias, who is 18, expresses that he feels a sorrow for the unsaved people he encounters, but he doesn't know how to act on it. He asks, should I go out and evangelize even though I'm not sure if that's my calling? And then Naomi asks, can I evangelize someone with the book of Proverbs? So I was hoping you could speak a few minutes uh, on the topic of evangelism with these questions in mind. First of all, Elias, you need to recognize this, that all of us are called to evangelize. Not all of us have the specific gift of evangelism. And so we need to be very, very careful when we talk about evangelism. Don't make excuses. If you have the opportunity to share the gospel with someone, go ahead and share the gospel. Um, now, make sure you understand the gospel, but you don't have to be a Greek scholar before you begin sharing the gospel with people. You can begin telling them your testimony, telling them what Christ has done in your life and explain that salvation is only through Jesus Christ. So anytime the door opens, we, we need to go through it. Now, there's a difference between just the believer, all believers who are called to evangelize and then those who have something of a gift of evangelism. And in this case, whenever we're talking about taking on a ministry like the ministry of evangelism, we need to get wise counsel from from our parents if we're younger and especially from the elders of the church and say, look, I want to explain to you what the Lord is doing in my life. Do you see this gifting in my life? How can I grow in this and become a greater servant of the Lord in this matter of evangelism? So always go to your elders to work that out. 
And um, we need people who evangelize, but we need people who do so biblically. So I would really recommend that you go to your elders, you share this with them, and then you ask them maybe for material in order to grow in the gospel. Um, I have a series called Discovering, Rediscovering the Gospel series. It's three books that may help you. Um, so do this in the context of the local church and with your elders being informed. Uh, with regard to using the book of Proverbs for evangelism, uh, first of all, I, I just want to look at something really, really quick. Let me turn to it here in in the scriptures. It's in First Timothy. Um, chapter. Second uh, uh, Timothy, I'm, I'm sorry, chapter um, three, and it says this. Um, Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith that is in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is not talking here about the New Testament. He's talking about the Old Testament and that the Old Testament was a valuable tool to lead someone even to faith in Christ. Now, he's talking, of course, about the full counsel of God in the Old Testament, but the book of Proverbs is included. And the book of Proverbs, as well as any scripture in the Bible, can be used to evangelize, uh, especially with regard to showing people the wisdom and the beauty of the scriptures. However, when we get to the book of Acts and we see the pattern of the New Testament church, we see that evangelism always uh, focuses upon that greatest work of redemption that all the Old Testament scriptures were pointing to, and that is the life, death, resurrection, and exaltation of Jesus Christ and the calling of all men to repentance and faith. So yes, you can use the Old Testament, even the book of Proverbs, but know this. It is the great revelation of redemption in Christ that most must be proclaimed as center and must be proclaimed clearly. Amen. Well, Brother Paul, obviously you spend a, a great deal of time uh, encouraging the viewers of this series to study the scriptures, to spend time in prayer. Uh, we've also dealt with several questions in the past dealing with uh, difficulties with family members and friends. Uh, but I wanted to address another one here that has to do with both of these issues. Xavier expresses that his parents and family members have been hostile toward him for reading the Bible and praying. He says it's led him to be tempted to give up, but he knows he can't. But still he feels trapped. He asks, what do I do if my unsaved family members scold me for reading the Bible and talking to Jesus? Is it wrong for me to be on my knees and talking to Jesus? Why do they keep scolding me when I try to seek him? Okay, there's a few things that, that I would bring up here. First of all, there is it is very common that there be friction between believers and unbelievers. Uh, that is not something that we should be surprised at. Okay. Um, do not be surprised if the world hates you. So, but here's something that I want you to look at. We are required to live at peace with all men as far as our own behavior goes. So here's some things that I would want you to think about. It is the will of God that you study the scriptures and it is the will of God that you pray. At the same time, the scriptures say, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And not just obedience, but honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that you may be well. It may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Now, here's something I want you to think about. I don't know how old you are. So this is the if you're 21 and out of the house and you're you're a man standing on your own, that's one thing. If you're 
in the house of your parents and your young, um, it means something else. Here's what I would recommend. Not that you give up studying the scriptures or praying, but I would go to my parents and I would ask them, um, what is acceptable to you? Um, how can I read the Bible and pray? And yet, am I, am I doing something? Am I extreme? Am I doing something in a way that demonstrates pride or rebellion? Uh, would you, what, what would you want me to do? Is, is it possible for us to work this out? Because above everything else, I do want to honor God, but I also want to honor you. So discussing the matter. Um, another thing to ask yourself is this. Through your study of scripture and prayer, are you becoming in all the other areas more obedient to your parents? And are you demonstrating more and more honor to your parents in those areas where there is not a conflict? Because I have discovered that in most cases, when we're not um, trying to appear radical and extreme and judgmental with the unbelievers around us, and we are praying and the word of God is actually increasing our love, increasing our desire to serve, increasing our desire to obey, that we in some ways, many times, can even gain the favor of those who at first oppose us. So those are some things I would tell you to look at. And um, but again, this is another issue where, you know, I, I would ask the question, are you able to go to church? Are you in a biblical church? And can you bring this up to elders who would be able who live in that locale and would be able to get more involved? Hmm. Thanks for the call. Uh, Mary, who's from India, explains that she has started to study the Bible more regularly, but she says she's still confused about how to do so properly as well as how she can use or apply it in her own life. She asks, how do I discern God's voice in my life? Well, first of all, Mary, continue studying the Bible. Okay? Even when you, you don't understand, press on. That's why it says, press on to know the Lord. Just, just keep going. And little by little... We have a saying in interpretation, in Bible interpretation, that the Bible's the best interpreter of itself. And if you will continue reading over the years, there will be greater and greater clarity. Also, I, I must recommend that you be in a biblical church where the emphasis, the, cent, the center of the service is the exposition of God's word, not not entertainment, not not music, not just the preacher picking a verse and then talking about all kinds of things. But no, seek to find a church where there's biblical exposition, because as you listen to biblical exposition, you yourself are going to learn how to interpret the Bible. Um, now, how do I discern the voice of God in my life? So many people ask that question because they're always thinking about hearing a voice rather than discerning God's will through the written word of God. Now, we already, um, you know, we, we went to 2 Timothy. I want to go there again, just for a second. And um, it says in, in chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Whatever voice you, you do hear or think you hear, you cannot consider infallible, inerrant, or inspired. The 
only um, thing that those words really apply to is the scriptures. So you want to get your direction from God, from the scriptures. You say, well, but the, the Bible doesn't tell me specifically what what young man to marry. No, but the Bible sets forth many characteristics of a godly man, you see. And so we as we begin to study the word of God, we learn principles that guide us and help us navigate through life. And let me let me go to one other place uh, just quickly. And um, it's in Psalms 119. And, and I want to read just a couple of verses to you. Look at Psalms 119, 9 through 11. How can a young man or in this case, a young woman keep his or her way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart, it says in verse 10, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. When he says he has sought God, he doesn't just mean prayer. It means seeking after God and God's will and the commandments. Then he says, your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. That's Psalms 119, 9 through 11. And so that's how God helps us navigate through this life. And then when we go over to... Uh, it's the same chapter, Psalms 119 and 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So again, how do you navigate in this dark world with many twists and turns? Through the light of God's word, the scriptures. Amen. All right, Brother Paul, if it's good, good with you, we'll do one more question from okay. a young viewer. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the next few weeks, what those will look like. Uh, but to start with, Nathan, who's 12 years old, asks, what are the costs of following Jesus? Okay, well, there can be so many. Um, dear, dear young brother, let, let me tell you something. We work with missionaries every day around the world, and, and some of them and some of their church members have suffered greatly. Um, imprisonment, um, physical persecution, uh, being ostracized, um, I, I was just with a dear brother this morning on on a Zoom um, who when he was just a schoolboy, uh, they would point him out in school, the teachers and the principal and try to mock him and everything else because of his faith. So so there's all kinds of things like that. But let's get to the root of the issue. OK, and and I want to see it. It's in Matthew 16, verse 24. And. Um, well, let's see, I don't know if I'm going to have time to get there. Um, let me see here. Yes, just just Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, um, to to walk f with Christ in this life will bring adversity because literally uh, according to Ephesians chapter two, you're walking against against the current. OK, but those conflicts that you're going to encounter can be multiple. There's so many different ones that I could in no way explain them all, whether it's persecution or aggression or people making fun of you or whatever. But but let's look at something that is constant in this verse, and it's this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. 
in every one of these cases, there's self-denial. And that applies to us everywhere. We could say it another way. Not going according to our own desires when those desires conflict with God's will, but doing God's will. So we're saying no to our own desires and we're doing God's will. Or we can make this more personal or relational. Um, it, it can mean this. Denying myself is that um, my dear wife uh, wants to do one thing with our Saturday off and I want to do another, but I put my wife first. So in, instead of thinking about all the different ways that we may have to um, carry our cross or suffer adversity in the Christian life, let's talk about one thing in all these matters. We have to put the will of God first in our life. And that sometimes means denying ourselves. And we need to live putting others first and acting as a servant. All right. Well, thank you, Brother Paul. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. 